My name's Emily and I'm an osteopath and healthcare enthusiast working in the Midlands. I spend every week helping my patients reduce their aches and pains, move their bodies more and live the healthiest life possible. And now I want you to join the conversation. In this podcast, I'll be investigating the people and places around the Midlands that are on the same mission and ask them to share their knowledge to transform your health. There's no subject that's off topic. Nutrition, mental health, sleep and fitness, it's all here. This is the Healthy Midlands podcast. I am just thrilled to have Aaron Kumar from Evite in Shenstone with me today on the podcast. Aaron and his business partner, James Broomhall, have been working on their business Evite for the last five years. Tell me a little bit more about its training and coaching, but it's all together, isn't it, Aaron? Yeah, definitely. So the ethos of what we're talking about, whenever we kind of bring on any new client, the aim is about for that client specifically enhancing their life. So for us, it's for coaching women over 40. Yes, it's about getting healthier, fitter, getting their goals, getting their confidence, but it's about what opportunities that allows them to do as a result. So, you know, are they able to now get the confidence to go get a job or a new job even? Are they now got the confidence to take up a new opportunity, enjoy things that they would have maybe previously felt, oh, I'm not at the right stage to do that? Yeah, it's a really, I think, important moment in life for most women that they get to that point where they're over 40 they don't have young children anymore to look after that need all of their time uh maybe this is a sweeping generalization but I think that they get to that point and they've almost forgotten how to be themselves because they've been mom for a decade or more. Um, So it's definitely a group of people who need maybe more of a specialist approach and like you said, more of a psychological approach to health and fitness as well, where you've not been the priority in your own life for that long. It's hard to get back into it. A hundred percent. And especially when it's been like, for that, those women specifically, they've probably had, you know, maybe they think they've struggled for the last three, four, five years, but it's probably longer than that, 10, 20 odd years. And the methods that they've used to isn't actually the thing that's going to fit for their lifestyle now. Yeah. So it has to be looking at, right, well, especially that, you know, over 40, how long have those habits been ingrained? Yeah. So it's about, right, we have to kind of look at things and not necessarily reprogram things, but think about things differently and how that's having an impact because yeah. we could be looking at and you know not again can't really undo but working around difficulties that could have stemmed from something that happened while they were at school yeah so these are women who would have been like maybe teenagers or in their 20s in the 90s and then either in their 20s or 30s in the noughties um both kind of time periods where real like waif thinness was in the sort of like social consciousness mm-hmm. um women were really defined by what they looked like in terms of what their value to society would have been you've got like the Lindsay Lohans and Misha Bartons you know stick thin ladies mm-hmm. themselves probably with not very good relationships with food and exercise I mean I can't say for sure because I don't know them yeah. but as a as an estimation um 
you've got all those like cultural influences where you know like if you look at a film like um Bridget Jones Mm -hmm. now she's like okay she's like a size 10 12 she's got a banging flat above Borough Market in London she's got amazing friends she's got two of Hollywood's most eligible bachelors (laughs) running around the city after her and she's posed in that film as someone to be pitied she's got an amazing job they're like oh Poor Bridget, poor Renee Zellweger, (laughs) you look awful. (laughs) That's the thing. I think it's like there's a mindset shift that has to happen at some point. You know, yes, it maybe is, again, generalising, but it comes down to age. Then the priorities change, whereas before it's a case of looking good for what you can, you know, just for going out. Yeah. Then it becomes a case of, well, I've got to look after my kids or my parents are getting older. I've got to look after them then we're kind of woken up to other health concerns that come up and we're kind of like, no, I need to do this for that. I've had it myself where it was training used to be for a physical appearance. Now my training style has changed because I'm like, right, I, I, like sometimes I'm walking, my, my, my knees feeling stiff and I'm getting <laughs> down the stairs. Like I don't want this as I'm getting older. I'm yeah. in my thirties, I can't have that. So yeah. there's that, is that shift that happens naturally anyway. Yeah, and so it's like that psychological journey, isn't it? From your teens and twenties where it's all about what you look like and that, that's a really oppressing thing you kind of have this void space it while maybe you're working on your career or you're a mother and it's not in the forefront of your mind Mm -hmm. and then like you say you get out into your 40s plus you're caught between maybe teenage children and elderly parents and you're trying to carve out this space for working on yourself Mm -hmm. meanwhile all of your peers are starting to get diagnoses of like high cholesterol high blood pressure type 2 diabetes so the panic station's really on then isn't it because you're looking at maybe your own body and you're thinking oh my god don't fail like I need your body becomes a tool then doesn't it and you need it to you know you need a healthy body to get you through life always but when you're kind of staring down the barrel of, um, you know, your own parents getting older and you're kind of being confronted with the re- the realities of aging there. Mm-hmm. And then like it's happening in your own peer group. So that's the moment where women are potentially then starting to think, I need to do something about this. And to go down a more holistic, more all-encompassing route and phone someone like yourselves mm-hmm. and James... Mm-hmm is going to be I mean uh, tell me why I I already know that it is but tell me why it's just a million times better (laughs) than joining um you know like a dare I say a slimming world situation (laughs) I'm already getting sued by them for the last episode that I did uh, like (laughs) one more won't hurt well the way I've always looked at it and when I kind of speak to well any of the clients when they kind of come in board even but when I first have that first conversation with someone the way I kind of look at stuff and it, it can relate to those things. I, I kind of say, because of my background, I always talk about a gym atmosphere. January is always that good example. Everyone kind of goes, new year, new me, going to join the gym. And they kind of throw themselves just into that. But the problem is they look at that for those first couple of weeks because all their ducks are in a line. Mm. But then what happens come week three, week four, maybe one of the kids isn't very well, or maybe there's a work deadline or something like that. So normal life comes into play. So then the gym doesn't happen. Then it becomes, oh, I'll just go at the weekend. It doesn't happen. Mm. And then all those goals and even the perception of how we're going to have that fitter and healthier life isn't aligned to things that are sustainable 
and have the longevity behind it. So that's why we kind of say, well, what happens in those moments? And the reason why I say that is because, okay, let's look at the lifestyle. Because if you haven't slept enough, then going to do a training session or even making healthier food choices is going to be 10 times harder. Yeah. So let's look at the sleep first. Or, okay, maybe if you don't have, you know, you don't handle stress very well. Okay, if we haven't got the tools to make sure that maybe we handle those better or they're limited in the first place, I think everyone can relate to when we're stressed, we want the chocolate, we want whatever it is. The last thing we want to do is, you know, but do the things that will actually make us feel better. We do the things in the long run that actually make us feel worse, but in that moment we get that instant gratification. Yeah, it's it's the choice, isn't it, between like a short-term fix and a long-term fix. So you're flagging at two o'clock in the afternoon, mm-hmm. you go and get a coffee, you're flagging at four o'clock and it's a couple of hours before dinner and you've got you've just got in off the school run and then the kids are having a snack. So you're like, well, yeah, yeah, I'm yeah. going to like dip in their packet of crisps or just as a, like an energy perk to get mm-hmm. you through the next few hours. When actually, if you had the, the sort of um, bandwidth in your day to say, I'm going to have a lunch that's got some good fats in it and has got some protein in it. And then that's going to fuel me out till dinner time. And I'm not going to get that dip at four o'clock. But I feel like a lot of the time, modern life is so busy that we're just continuously playing catch up. And you don't get that opportunity to like set a good habit for yourself that it becomes second nature. And when you do, there is this real tendency to like go all in and just like do not just change one thing or not just add one thing instead of like thinking okay well I'm going to work on my health over the next year and for the next two weeks all I'm going to focus on is going to bed one hour earlier yeah and that's totally sustainable and totally achievable on its own but if you're doing that and you're carrying around a four litre bottle of water and you're trying to eat healthily and you're trying to do five gym classes a week you're setting yourself up for a big fall something's gonna knock that off and then you just think I can't do it and then instantly then your own language to yourself you put yourself down then it has that sort of knock-on effect as well unfortunately and that's a lot of what from what you were saying it's a lot of what you're doing at Avite is that it's not just personal training it's not just exercise it's that psychological coaching yeah tell me a bit more about that definitely so it's for us as well it's working on building the confidence in the individual and the belief that they can do it, but also looking at what's right for that person as well. So it's about then thinking, okay, looking at their autonomy of what they're gonna be able to do, looking at kind of what's, again, what's fitting for them. So then, as I say, then that boosts the next part because we can naturally perhaps set ourselves goals that are too high um, because we just think that's the right thing that we need to do but actually no one seems to strip that down even further because it could be a case of, um, you know, actually just an example, one of the clients we're working with at the moment, you know, steps has been a bit of a difficult thing because of work and how the world is at the minute and just everything's been a bit crazy Mm. and kind of looking at right what's going to be achievable. And the first thought was, okay, let's look at 8,000 steps per day. And that's perfect. That'd be great. But actually then we kind of, for, for me and James started looking at it a bit deeper And we always say, look, you know, success leaves clues and we track a lot of things with clients. But then we kind of go, right, okay. Even I think we worked with her and she kind of maybe said 6,000 would be a bit more achievable. And I was like, right, Mm -hmm. well, let's go with 5,000 because 
when we did before our, one of our client check-ins, I think she hit that sort of um, eight days out of 14, something like that. Mm. And we always aim to try and get the 80%, so 11 days or something like that yeah. out of 14. So I was like, right, let's just keep it at five, but let's go, right, let's boost that up towards 10 days. My, my, my thought process with that is, okay, so she's going to do that, feel confident that she can do it. Someday she's even going to do more. And actually, you know, yesterday she did, and there a call, a message comes straight through because it doesn't seem like a huge mountain to climb. Yeah. And that's the biggest thing for the mindset, first of all. You've got to get an easy win first, haven't 100%. you? 100%. But that knocks into how maybe that client might speak to themselves because that language that they use for themselves because they're like, I can't do it. But now it changes to, oh, I can do that. Yeah. And then all of a sudden it becomes, oh, I could do a little bit more. And then it, that was what snowballs in the right direction. Otherwise, it snowballs in the opposite one. I mean, there's nothing more demoralizing than setting yourself a goal and repeatedly not achieving it. Yeah, yeah. And then think about it for, for the, again, for the age bracket that we're working with our ladies, how many times perhaps have things that they've done just specifically on a health and fitness journey, has that happened? So then that's another thing to think about as well to kind of go yeah, right. I mean, there's a, there's definitely a statistic in there and I can't quite remember what it is now. But I mean, like, think about how many diets fail. Think about how many workout plans fail. And mm. it, it's definitely more than succeed. <laughs> 100%. I mean, that's kind of be. why the industry is probably as big as it is. And those kind of quick fixes that keep coming out. Uh, this yeah. day. And they just suck people in, don't they? I mean, like, I just can't, I'm going to despair if I see one more like gimmicky waste trainer <laughs> or, you detox know, detox teas and uh, all this sort. <laughs> don't even, I just uh, detox tea. That is another one. It really, really gets me. Yeah, yeah. And I feel like because there is this like societal um, expectation on, on kind of how women perceive themselves and how women value themselves it, it's you're approaching a very vulnerable market mm -hmm. with a product where you're offering out a, like a miracle fix well it's not a miracle fix it's a laxative yeah so 100%. well done you when you weigh yourself after five <laughs> days and you've lost like four pounds worth of water weight and that's it and that <laughs> and that's it and you're actually no healthier than you were the day before and i think that weight as a metric is kind of focused on quite often um you know and even in medicine really i mean we talk about bmi a lot mm -hmm. and gps talk about bmi a lot it's um it's got its its uses and it's got its kind of um its failings for sure um but it's surely it's a better metric if you feel like you're confident in yourself and you're empowered and you don't you don't just falter at every hurdle that you encounter in life because mm -hmm. you've been given the confidence by actually achieving things that you set out to do. Yeah, yeah. If you've had a few wins and you've hit your 5,000 steps and you get that 80% and you're getting all that positive feedback, you're going to get into the mindset where you're just unstoppable. And that's the thing we, we encourage every one of our ladies to take the time to reflect and that's the basis of what, for us, where we talk about our client check-ins, they're very different to maybe what a normal one would be um, for any other trainers. But we're looking at, okay, well, what went well over those weeks? Maybe what didn't? What could you do differently? What did you learn? And that's that thing. It's kind of going, right, well, how do I feel because of that? Say so again, we talk about the steps. Well, how did you feel that day? How mm. did your energy feel as a result? How was your mood? If you got out and about and it wasn't, you know, just the steps during like a work day or inside, 
what did you notice while you're out and about and even when we kind of do certain challenges for our ladies or you know especially during the lockdowns that's stuff that we set them we gave them kind of those markers to kind of go right what are you noticing when you're outside and we got them to focus on that but we knew secretly we were trying to make sure we're getting them out in fresh air and walking and doing that stuff but then it all ties in and then they get those experiences and kind of go right oh well I want to do more of that so it's introducing things differently where most people would probably be a little bit hesitant to think about whereas yeah. and I think that's probably slightly difficult when it comes to the mindset side of stuff as well it's that kind of thing between like internalizing things and externalizing things so if you if you're kind of focusing on internalizing all the time and you're looking at things and you're like oh you know like why why can't I do this why have I failed at that challenge why haven't I done my five workouts on um my fit app this week Mm -hmm. why you know like and it's all in introspective and into yourself but then if you externalize and you take like a broader viewpoint on things and you say well actually I'm going to go out and know see what I can notice when I when I take 20 minutes to take a walk for myself and you kind of look at the a bit of nature and you kind of think okay well what am I grateful for this week and you externalize you kind of say like well what have I played a role in my family what role have I played in Mm -hmm, work mm -hmm. And you start to like build up value in yourself and yeah. confidence. There's nothing better for your mental health. Hundred percent. When you speak to half of the ladies that we get, we you know we we get the opportunity to do that. Those are actually things that are more important to them as a part of their health and weight loss journey, as opposed to what a scale might say. But again, maybe that's where social norm kicks into it. And we've lived in that industry where people think I need to lose X amount in so many weeks, yeah. and they put these horrible pressures on themselves without maybe understanding what maybe needs to go into that to to achieve that extremeness and why yeah you know yeah I think a pound here or there is just not gonna make the most massive difference um I know that we wanted to talk a little bit about sort of approaching health in a really proactive way and Mm -hmm. obviously everything that we've talked about so far is about approaching health in a proactive way um but there are there are a few instances where someone maybe in that age category is going to notice a few niggles, a mm-hmm. few aches and pains. Um, maybe they've got like the whisper of a bit of high blood pressure on the horizon. And I think that there's a big difference between feeling empowered to take charge of your own health and just feeling like a bit of a victim of mm-hmm, it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think sometimes having a diagnosis of something is um, can end up being a little bit detrimental to the way that people approach um, yeah. kind of injuries and, and kind of problems like high blood pressure. But Because um, they put it as a... That's, it's a label, isn't it? Yeah. It becomes a reason for them to not do something because, you know, oh, it's that thing's fault. It's got nothing to do with me. It's, yeah. it's because of that. Uh, yeah, and I definitely like, I mean, I see this in clinic sometimes is that I'll have a patient in and um, I'll say something like, um, you know, have you ever thought about um, going for a little jog maybe? Because they walk already. And mm. and I said, oh, you've ever thought about like maybe Nordic walking or going for a jog, just something that has a little bit more of a cardio um, range on your heart uh, heart rate. And um, I know I had one lady the other day and she was saying in this, in the age group specifically mm. over 40, she said, um, 
No, I, I couldn't do that because my um, physio told me that I can't do that because of my knees. And I was like, oh, that's really interesting. When did they tell you that? She said, well, I was 22. <sighs> and I was like, this poor woman has spent her whole oh, life. Yeah, She's yeah. not so much as run for a bus because one person told her 20 years ago yeah. that she wasn't allowed. And um, it's, that's the thing is, uh, we, we've seen that. Uh, and it that's, carries power, like yeah, what definitely. people tell you, and it can stick with you for a really long time. And that's the thing, it's in comparison to say something what's conventional, like we do that, I, and everything I, for this one thing I make sure I do is anyone that obviously works with us, first thing I do is they're booked in with me specifically um I get a bit controlling in that (laughs) sense I don't let James do it but I get everyone booked in with me for an exercise onboarding session Mm. that's some time with me specifically to kind of go right how is that individual moving so then we kind of go is there injuries Mm. are there things that they're maybe worried about and how can we break that down for it to work for them yeah you know it could be you know, obviously, I'm going to say it now, most people's thoughts about burpees, like, oh, it's the worst thing ever. <laughs> and, you know, every, all the clients say that, but we'll change that variation of what maybe a conventional burpee is. Yeah. The movement pattern is still defined as a burpee, but we're doing it very different to then fit for that person to then build them to move a lot more and a lot better and more comfortable. And yeah. again, it comes back to what I said before, the confidence in that movement, then we can progress it. It's adapted. 100% and and that's the thing it's not okay you might not be able to do that variation yeah but what can be done instead and that's the whole point it's a case of then you're still doing something to move forwards so as long as you're not doing nothing because if you do nothing then you're moving backwards yeah I mean like how many people have you seen like since lockdown and they went in for the Joe Wicks kind of videos yeah. on YouTube which is a very, very generalist approach to exercise and yeah. absolutely not um, not for everybody. Yeah. Um, and they've done burpees and they've like just, you know, fallen at the, you know, first video really and then been in agony afterwards. Yeah. And that might have been DOMS. It might have been a little bit of a muscle strain or something. But that negative experience has put them off then 100%. getting yeah, into yeah. exercise. I mean, we even had it with, with our ladies, unfortunately, because obviously we had to move to the whole what, life of Zoom. Yeah. But because they weren't physically with us, we were kind of noticing niggles were turning up a lot more. Certain injuries came up and, you know, thankfully, touch wood, while people have been with us in person, we've never had that. Yeah. But because, again, maybe not because they weren't doing the movement right, but actually, it's everything that goes around that. So yeah. again, everyone can remember it was still kind of part of life now, but people weren't sleeping enough. Mm-hmm. Alcohol crept in. Um, crept in? <laughs> bulldozed in? Kicked the door down? <laughs> Definitely for a lot of people. But it's well over, a, the last statistic that I read, it was well over a third of UK adults had like almost doubled their drinking. Oh, no or it was hefty. Yeah. I was on a coach call with a client, actually. She kind of gave me a nice insight of that that kind of, I guess, probably what caused it. But she was like, oh, you know, I'd buy a bottle of wine normally and I'd share it with three of my friends. Aww. But because I haven't seen them, like oh, that no. bottle of wine is what I ended up finished because it was still there and yeah. where she would have normally split it. Yeah. You don't have that chance to split it. So it's, and it's I like it's just so inflammatory as well. <laughs> Definitely, but, but all those things kind of kept in and 
that's what then created more injuries. And again, think about it from a day to day, we would naturally move a little bit more, mm-hmm. even just from getting up, commuting to work. Yeah. All of that disappeared. Yeah. So even just using the joints, yeah, I guess, that, like, just kind wasn't of 1500, 2000 steps from the train station to your yeah. seat in the office and it's gone yeah um i think that hopefully by the time this goes out we will still be heading in the right direction yeah, definitely. um but yeah no it is and i think that when something does crop up like that it's so important to stick to your guns and address an ache or, an, or a pain mm-hmm. an injury i think it can be so easy to put it to the back of your mind especially mm-hmm. when you're in this time of life yeah in your kind of fifth sixth decade um because people do need things from you i had an email exchange with a lady the other day it took us about a week backwards and forwards trying to find an appointment for her to come into the clinic because mm-hmm. she had shoulder pain and she had had this shoulder pain for well over a year and in the end she we had booked her an appointment um, everything was coming up. The appointment was the next day and she emailed, she said, actually, my shoulder's feeling much better today, so I don't need the appointment. And I, I read the email and my heart just sank and I was like, oh, you've had this pain. Mm-hmm. You, I've been through all of this emailing backwards and forwards trying to like establish who the best practitioner would be to see this lady and look after her and make sure that shoulder is optimum Mm -hmm. not just out of pain but serving her and making sure that she can do all of the things that she wants to do with it and because it felt slightly better 24 hours before the appointment she was like you know and that just is to me is such a signal that she isn't her body and her health isn't a priority in her life yeah, yeah, yeah definitely and it's so sad to me because i think that you know your body is the only thing that you always have it's the only thing that you can be certain of that as long as you are alive you'll have your body to live in 100%. i mean of, of course yeah. like what a stupid thing <laughs> but to say like, but, but me and james have that that conversation between ourselves sometimes when unfortunately we, we've had ladies that you know decide that it's not the right thing or they give up on themselves or the health and wellness unfortunately you know, hopefully they go do other things, but we kind of look at that because it, okay, it's where the priorities have been. And we kind of challenge that because as you say, whether it's the importance becomes on work or mm. whatever else it might be, but actually take stock and see that if your engine in itself, your your mechanism you're trying to use, which is your body, isn't in the best way possible, and that's obviously linked with the mind, you're never going to be able to give your all to the thing that you're already prioritizing the most. Yeah. And which... whether that's being a mother, whether that's having, um, you know, a building a business, having an amazing job, yeah, being yeah, an yeah. amazing um, carer to your parents, uh, uh, being an amazing spouse, whatever you're putting your energy into in this life, if your body is failing you, mm-hmm. you can't do it. I think most of my ladies will probably be sick of it by the end of the year and I'll probably keep using it. But we keep using that expression of you can't pour from an empty cup preach yes so i've used that a lot i keep finding all the different imagery online and sending it to clients all day long yeah they're all going to get quite fed up with me but i just it couldn't be more true your own oxygen mask first definitely yeah that's another (laughs) one i've definitely used when i talk to people as well so yeah i mean probably need to get some new ones yeah i mean people might not even be able to remember what it's like to be on a plane (laughs) at this point definitely (laughs) (laughs) when they kind of let decide everyone can actually you know actually fly you're actually going to have to pay attention to that safety briefing (laughs) 
<laughs> uh, it's been so amazing to talk to you, Aaron. And no, thank you so much for sharing all of the wisdom that you and James have built up over the last five years of uh, training women in that age group at Avite. Mm. So just once more, Avite is in Shenstone, which is between Litchfield and Sutton Coalfield. And you can find out more about Aaron and James and the work that they do on their website, which is... So it's www.e-vitae, so V-I-T-A-E dot co dot UK. Amazing. And I think you're on Facebook and Instagram as well. Yeah. So the, the Instagram is a bit dead at the moment. We kind of kept that one off because we kind of keep everything through Facebook <laughs> at the moment. Um, but we are launching a free Facebook group as well. Um, so that is in, ha- well, it'll come up. It's actually linked through our website. Actually, I say that I've definitely put that on the website now. Amazing. But the idea is to kind of help people understand things from our world a little bit more and the way we look at it is four pillars essentially mindset nutrition lifestyle and movement so if you're looking for some amazing and inspiring free content on those things check out the avite facebook group and aaron will welcome you there definitely (laughs) thanks so much aaron cool thank you Thanks for listening to the Healthy Midlands podcast. Make sure to hit the follow button so that you can be the first to know when the next episode is up. Leave a review or share this podcast with a friend if you found it useful. And for more, come and find us on Instagram at Healthy Midlands.